me, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me, Lord, lead me back, lead me to Calvary. Sing with us. King of my life, I crown thee now, I shall the glory be, lest I forget thy thorn crown brow, lead me to Calvary, lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget into the face of love, amazing love. How can it be that you, my King, 
would die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true. And it's my joy to honor you. Lord, in all I do, I honor you. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Sing it again. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true, and it's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. I'm forgiven, Lord. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, Lord. You were condemned. I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be? Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you. In all I do, I honor you. Amazing love. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true. My joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. 
that bought us, that redeemed us, and that walks with us every day, turned our lives from, from something broken and ruined into something beautiful in his perfect timing. Let's close with this. In his time, he makes all things beautiful in his time.
in the rags of my life and laid it at that old cross where he made something beautiful something good something good all my confusion he understood all I had to offer him was brokenness and strife but he made some Good morning. Didn't he make something beautiful of our lives? Do you agree with that? Amen. Remember where we were and where we are, and what a great masterpiece he created out of each and every one of us. He made something beautiful of our lives. Well, thank you, worship team. I enjoy music. I hope you do enjoy music. I do. I do, and enjoy them. Uh, let's not forget to pray those who couldn't make it today. We have many sick people today. Pray for Sylvia, especially her. Her shoulders, she's in pain. Bill is in pain, and he's at home also, and so many others. So let's pray for them all. Let's open now our Bibles to the letter to the Hebrews. Letter to the Hebrews, and chapter 12 will begin in 11. I'll start verse 11 and uh, ch chapter 11 and verse 32. Chapter 11 and verse 32. Uh, remember here, uh, we, uh, those the Christians, the believers who've 
been with the Lord for quite some time, they know that Hebrews chapter 11 is what many call it's uh, the faith's hall of fame. It's those who uh, lived by faith, served by faith, and died by faith. And they are such a great multitude of people. And uh, verse 32 says, after naming some of them, verse 32 says, and what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, Samuel, and all the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouth of the lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. From weakness they were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection, and others were tortured, not accepting their release in order that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins, in goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and ill-treated. Men, oh yes, men of whom the world was not worthy. Wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all of these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Because God had provided something better for us. So that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. And let's go on to chapter 12. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. He's talking about those men and women of faith. Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. I'll stop here. There's a lot to touch our hearts and speak to us. Imagine with me today that we are in the arena. Imagine with me you are in a big football field that seats 50, 60, 70,000 maybe. We have a new one down here in, uh, where is it, in Santa Clara that seats 70,000, the 49ers. Imagine you're sitting and you're about 70,000. And all these 70,000 were men of faith and women who died, 
who were martyred, who gave their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Men of faith, Hall of Famers, all of them. And they're there and watching the team, this team playing football. Just imagine, and this is what we're going to talk about today. Just imagine. And today, early this morning, I received an email that brought me to my knees and to tears. That was sent to me by Barbie, a friend of hers, that supposedly her brother is a missionary in the place where ISIS is killing people. This email sent says that my brother is a part of a mission and ISIS has taken over the town they are in today. He said ISIS is systematically going house to house to all the Christians and asking the children to denounce Jesus. He said so far not one child has. And so far all have consequently been killed. But not the parents. Imagine you're a parent and your child is caught and being killed in front of your eyes. This is not a story. This is something is happening now as we speak by the enemies of Jesus Christ. They are determined, they says, to stick it out, those families and the missionaries, they are determined to stick it out for the sake of the families. They are determined even if it means their own death. He said, let's stand. Let's stand. And like the children, accept martyrdom if, our, we, if we are called to do so. I choked. I choked. How good do we have it? Let's pray in our hearts for them. And you know what? Those children who died and the men and women who died recently, they're sitting in that big stadium watching us. And this is why Paul says, if it's Paul, so many people disagree, that let's say that the apostle since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, they're witnessing, they're looking at us, they're watching us. Let's, let's change the word witnesses to fans. To fans. Such a cloud of fans witnessing how we're playing. Witnessing us, surrounding us. And Paul had a plea to the believers that were scattered in all over the land at that time. He had a plea to them. They were mostly Hebrews. And this is why the letter is addressed to the Hebrews. The huge crowd is composed of the people I described you about. Their faithfulness is a constant encouragement to us. It should be. We do not struggle alone, folks. And we are not the first 
who face such a problem. It has been done in the past, it's being done now, and if we live, it's going to be done in the future, but the church of God will carry on. Others have run the race, and they won the race. Do you think these sitting, witnessing us, are losers? No, not at all. They won. And because, you know why? Because we are here. Because we are here. They fought the good fight. And we are here because they did so. They completed the course. We are here because they did so. And we are here because they never, they never stopped going forward. They ne never stopped fighting. As Paul said, I have fought a good fight, a hard fight, a ferocious fight. We are not fighting against so many times against people we see. We are fighting against heavenly, heavenly demons that they go from house to house, from, from person to person, from uh, believer to believer to disturb you and to try and make you stop and make you lay down your sword and follow them. God forbid that one day we should stop fighting. We are in a race. We are in a race. And we are not going to give up anything in our lives that will stop us from not running that race. We're fighting against sin. We're fighting against evil spiritual beings. And to live effectively, dear friends, we must keep our, our eyes on Jesus. We cannot have heroes in the world. We are, thank God, for heroes. And we, we have heroes. Some of us, are, we worship our heroes. May God bless them. Sometimes they are sports heroes nowadays. They have let us down, most of them. And there are so many other heroes. But the hero of heroes is Jesus Christ. He is the one that we should look at. We must always keep him in sight. Do you want to be a winner? Let me ask you today. Do you want to give, win, win the game? And I hope our team will win the game today, this afternoon. Do you want to win the game? Do you have a victorious life? Do you desire an effective Christian life? Do you hope to be an example to your community, to your household, to your children, to your church? Do you, do you want to win the race? That's my question today. Do you want to win the race? Well then, here are some guidelines. And I know I might not cover all the guidelines. You know what? I've, if we cover one or two subjects today, fine. I promise you that I will continue sometimes in the very near future, in two weeks, if not next week. Okay? I hope this will help us achieve the goals we have set in our Christian life. Every Christian should have a goal. Every Christian should have a goal in his life. And let me ask you a question, what is your goal? And if your goal is to be a winner, if your goal to win souls, if your goal to serve the Lord, if your goal to be a, a good provider for your families, these are wonderful goals, wonderful goals. But in order to achieve, the, to achieve these goals, first and foremost, there are some 
qualifications we need to face. The very first thing here, Paul the, uh, the Apostle says, uh, let's lay aside every weight. Every weight. And I want to take one or two weights today and, uh, and discuss them with you. I would say, let's put, lay aside the weight of spiritual mediocrity and self-satisfaction. Spiritual mediocrity and self-satisfaction. It hit me very hard when I was preparing this message. And, uh, and when, I, when I visualized this big stadium, big arena, and we are there playing. Consider yourself playing down there. All of us. The church of God. Those of you who would like to honor God and serve God, and live for God, and be a blessing to your community, to your school, to your household, to where you are, in the workplace, wherever you are, if you want to be a blessing. There is something. We are in a race, whether you like it or not. You and I are in a race. We are, we are playing the game. We are down there in the arena. We will be spectators later on in life. But now we are real players. And spiritual trophies, let me tell you, are not won by those who warm the bench. The writer is addressing those believers who are supposed to have the maturity and knowledge to exercise true Christianity. In Philippians 2.15, I hope Brad can uh, put up with me this afternoon, and I would like to read it to you. He says, there's a challenge for you Christians, and this is a challenge, that you may prove yourselves when you are there on the field. You are there to prove yourselves, to be, first of all, blameless, and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation and among whom you appear as lights in the world. This is the goal. This is the goal of this team. We have a great challenge. Are we really taking our positions? Are we really playing the game? Are we working hard? Are we being the light of the world? Are we being the Christians God wants us to be? But the tragedy of tragedies today is that many so-called disciples remain spiritual babes. They don't want to grow. And they never give themselves the disciplines to grow and the training they never attend a training session. Do you expect a player not to be in training on Monday morning or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, whatever the coach called for? What the, what the, the, there's a saying that says, uh, practice makes perfect. So many believers nowadays they accept the Lord Jesus Christ. They say, well, thank you. I'm happy. He saved my soul. He, he took my sins away. That's true. And when God takes your sins away, he takes them away. 
I am not throwing any doubt into your mind. Once you're saved and you're sure you're saved, you are saved forever. But if you stopped, if you stopped at that point, you are being a spectator. You are not the one that God is looking for. And God is looking for people who are, who attend the training and who play the game. And then who play the game to win. Do you want to render a significant service for the Lord? Are you in the arena? There are some who have reached a certain plateau. Or instead of plateau, level, if you want to understand it better. And they remain there. They stopped running. And... As I said before, mediocrity settles down and they seem to be, what? Happy with it. Do you want to serve the Lord? I'm happy where I am. I come to church. It's good to come to church. It's better to serve the Lord. Do not be satisfied with being a church member. I want to challenge the congregation today. Do not be satisfied in attending Sunday morning and or Wednesday or Monday. Do not be satisfied, says, I'll watch you, Adel, on the, on the website. We have a website. I'll watch you live. Why? Well, I think I'm coming down with something. Before you come down with something, come down to the church. And you come down with something later on. <laughs> Allow me to say that. I love you all. And if you start coming down with a headache, you know, do like what I do. Do like what I do. I take two aspirin and I come to church. If the headache persists in the afternoon, I'll wait till the day. I'll take another one. And Monday is always a good day, isn't it? Do not listen to the devil. The team needs you. And you always think that the team will not play with me not there. You're sitting on your chair lounge and satisfied. That's mediocrity. Soon, let me tell you one thing. If you stop there, and I hope no one is, and I'm not insinuating any, any, anybody here. If you stop there, let me tell you what will happen. Because Satan is well and alive. Soon you will lose vision and miss the goal line. In no time you will lose interest. And God is looking for men and women like these people who are sitting there witnessing us. They're being martyred, who were martyred, and that those who are martyred today says, these little children say, we will not deny the Lord Jesus Christ. They're living in the war zones. 
And the, the letter tells me the UN even left there and left the families alone. And there is no defender except Jesus Christ himself. Are for men and women to carry on the work of God the right way. To go down to the arena and perform and take up their responsibilities because there is a race to win. There is a race to win and there is a race to win. And those who sit on the sideline, I have news for you. Warming their bench, putting those big jackets on and sitting there. You know, the coach looks at them and says, these are truly spectators. The team is competing and we are hurting. We need them. Soon, sooner than you think, they'll be released, traded off or drop out of the race. And you don't want to be one of them. I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you today. Not to be satisfied to be a church goer. And this is what he's telling them today. Since we have such a great witness, since we have millions around us, they were martyred. And I read you a few what happened. Read chapter 11, you will know. Since we have all of these, all of these, let's, let us also lay aside every weight. What's the weight? What's the weight that's hindering you? What's the weight that is keeping you? What's the weight that is pulling you down? What is it? What is it that God cannot perform it. He is the God of impossibilities. He is the God of these men and women who went with their head high, charging forward, dying for the Lord Jesus Christ. We did not yet fight unto death. We did not, but others are doing so. And what are we doing? At least, let us go down to the arena and fight the good fight. Enough staying home. Enough excuses. Allow me. Enough excuses. Enough excuses. So many people look for an excuse or a cause or come up with something that they don't want to come to church. They don't want to come to the middle of the week meeting. They don't want to come and take part in the church activities or carry on the responsibility with the others. Let me tell you one thing. The only one who will miss is the one who says, I don't want. And God can create out of stones children to serve him. You don't want to be replaced. <coughs> Excuse me. You don't want to be replaced. You want to be used. Let us 
Paul is begging them, he says, since we have those, just look at those. Let us lay aside. What's lay aside? Put off. Take off all the weights. He didn't talk about sins yet. There are sins. He said, under sin. Take off all the weights. Listen to what a man of God said. Spiritual trophies are not won by those who warm the bench. The crown of victory, which the heavenly umpire wishes to bestow, will not be granted to those who fall by the wayside and drop out of the race. Where's your heart? Is your heart in the race? Is your heart with the team? If you can answer yes, okay, let's see you playing your role with the team. Or racing toward the goal line. Mediocrity and self-satisfaction are weights that are deadly to Christian progress. The devil convinces people to sit and rest and let others, well, there are others who can come to church and work. Let others labor. You have done enough. And it's time to relax. And it's time. I don't agree with this and I don't agree with that. Enough of that. Enough of that. People are dying around us. If we don't agree about many things, we agree about the Lord Jesus Christ and his Lord and Savior. And his word is preached in this church. And let us agree on that. And let us join forces and go forward with it. This attitude is detrimental to self, to family, and eventually to the church and your brothers and sisters. And obviously, it does not win trophies. Soon you will see the people, the people who came after you, running and playing. The wide receivers are receiving and running toward the, uh, the uh, goal line. And you are still watching, thinking about this and that and the weights that you have had. So many people, so many people are, are paralyzed by their past. So many people are paralyzed by an experience. Shall we call it that way? Isn't it a weight? Don't you agree with me? Are you with me this morning? Uh, they think about an experience. Wow, and this experience paralyzes them. They sit down all day long, all night, and they are, they, you know, that experience creates bitterness later on and leads you to leave. This is not the way God works. We see a fence, we jump over it. You see a hindrance, we just bypass it. There is a weight, drop it. He says, lay it down. It's no time. The time does not allow us we're living in the end of times. We don't know when Christ is going to come. Do you believe he's coming soon? Do you believe it? Okay, if he's coming soon, let us lay every weight, every thought, everything. Oh, I had, I, I had, I had such a bad experience two years ago. Whoa, you're living in the past. Give it to the Lord and live on and enjoy life. 
in my early career, I went to my manager's office to meet with him. He was a dear manager to me. I saw on the wall, I looked at him and I saw on the wall behind him a picture of a man standing by his bicycle with this note written, if you're not moving forward, you are losing ground. What is hindering you? What is hindering you? If you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. I never forgot this. And it came to my mind while preparing this message. And I was looking at a book written by Tony Evans. It's called The Victorious Christian Life. If you don't have it, buy it. It's a great, great book. And I, I, I love Tony Evans. He's straightforward. He shoots for it. You know what he says? Listen to what he says. The goal of the Christian life. Do you have a goal? The goal of the Christian life is the same as riding a bicycle. To keep pedaling forward while you are leaning to steer around obstacles and corners. Satan puts obstacles before you, but you learn how to steer around them. Obstacles should not stop the church of God from going, should not stop you from going, should not stop me from going. As I said, there's a fence, I'm going to jump over it, and I'm going to go forward, because he who is with us is greater than he is in the world. Greater than the obstacles he puts before you. And most of the obstacles are in our minds. The life of grace is all about movement. We were not safe to sit, soak, and sour. No. We are saved to go and work for the Lord and sit down and play the game with the team. Yes, there are obstacles. There are blind corners. There are blind turns. And we don't see them sometimes. Are we to give up? God forbid. We are determined to finish the course and the ministry set before us. Paul, in his farewell address to the Ephesian elders, he says in Acts 20.24. Acts 20.24. And I read it. Soon it will be here. I do not consider my life of any account. I hope each and every one will reach to this point today. I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself in order that I may finish my course and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. What's your goal? Where's the goal line? Winning the race takes all of you and all of us. Takes the team together. You know when we watch a football team and we put our hearts in them and we want them to win and then they lose. And you know we start analyzing because we are good at analyzing. 
We are the, the Monday morning. We are the Monday morning quarterbacks. Analyzing. You know what? The teams were not there. They were not hungry. This one, the quarterback didn't do this. And we analyzed. And so many times, so many times, some of us are right. Especially Dean. He knows the game very well. Especially the game. The thing of it is, the thing of it is, there was not a team effort most of the time. Mike cannot fight alone. I cannot fight alone. The deacons cannot serve alone. I need and we need everyone to serve. Everyone to be in the arena. And remember, who's looking at you? Who's looking at you? Those victorious people. They're witnesses. They're hall of famers. You are going to be one of them very soon. Why are you sitting on the bench and warming it? Trophies are not won by them. Trophies are won by those people who are in the trenches digging day and night. Let us, let us lay aside every weight. You know, Paul writing into the churches, the Lord Jesus Christ addressing the churches, and he addressed one of the church in La Wodikia, the Laodicean church. He addressed them in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 15, and listen to what he says. I know your deeds. You are happy. You've reached. You are neither cold or hot. Okay, if you're not neither, neither cold or hot, what are you? Lukewarm. And you know what he says? I would that you were cold or hot. Why? Because I am ready to spew out of, of my mouth. This was their sin. They did not lay aside that sin. In brief, this church, the Laodicean church, in brief, this church, the church's heart was somewhere else. And let me ask each and every one of you, just look within, where is my heart? Where is my heart? Is it in those burdens? Is this those weights that I have? Is my heart uh, uh, busy with myself? and busy in those little things that were disturbing me since a long time. Where is your heart? He says, lay them down. Put them off. Then he goes, he goes on for this church. And he goes on. He was not satisfied with this. The Lord goes on in the same chapter 3, verse 17, if you have your Bibles. Look what he says. You say, I am rich. And have become wealthy. Oh, yeah. We have, we are, we're rich. We're collecting very good. We are very wealthy. Okay. And he says, you have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. This is the condition of the church in general today. This is the condition. 
And by God's grace, we will not let this to be the condition of our church. Amen? I didn't hear everybody says amen. Amen? Amen. We will not. If you've been sitting, go down to the arena, talk to the coach. Say, Lord, coach, Lord, use me. Use me any capacity you want. Use me even just if I walk down. Use me. Don't say I'm not qualified. Don't say I'm not worthy. I am not worthy to stand here even. Don't say I deserve it. We don't deserve anything. And I don't deserve it. Say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Like the prophet of old Isaiah. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Don't you think it's time to lay aside the weight of spiritual mediocrity and self-satisfaction and self-pity and strive to work hard with the team the Lord placed you with. There's a team here. Especially during these last days where the world is in flames and perplexity and confusion is gripping the hearts of nations. It, is it time, isn't it time to rally around the word of God? Forget about ourselves. Recognize our adversary. Lay aside every weight that hinders us, and let us start competing to win souls for the God's kingdom. This is a race we must win. There's no plan B for this race. There's no substitution. We cannot back up. We have to go forward. And we have no options. So let us run, as the writer says, with endurance, the race that is set before us. Are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready to lay off every weight? And if I'm talking to someone who do not know the Lord Jesus as Savior, this is the call for you this afternoon. Are you ready to lay off all your sins, put them at the feet of the Savior? and ask him to save you and come into my heart and change me. You know, there, is, there are burdens, different burdens, but the hardest burden on the heart and the soul and the conscience is the burdens of sin that we carry from day to day. You don't want to meet the Lord with your sins on you. You want to meet the Lord with this, his, your sins on him. If you ask him to come into your heart, he will change you and make a new man and woman out of you. Let's lay aside every burden, every hindrance, every weight, and every sin, and come to Jesus. Let's bow our heads for prayers. If the Lord spoke to your heart this afternoon, I pray with all my heart that you will not be satisfied with mediocrity, 
I want to be, I want to be the best. I want to be the best player. And God will give you the desire of your heart. And if you're in your heart, ask the Lord Jesus to take the weight of sin out of you, your heart and shoulders and conscience and the guilt, let him come in and take charge of your life. Our Father, we ask you to work in our hearts, Lord. Revive your church. Revive your people. Help us to know, Lord, that we are in a race. And this race must, must be won. Help each and every one. And we pray again for those who are not here that you heal the sick and bring those who are away safely to us. Dismiss us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's someone who'd like to talk to me after this message, I'll be here in the front seat sitting. Come and talk to me about your salvation, about your soul. I'll be more than happy to lead you to Jesus Christ. And God bless you, and have a great afternoon.